Welcome to the season two of the Out of Bounders Astrology Podcast. This season is named Full Moon Astrology Podcast because we're going to have every episode broadcasted on each full moon. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, welcome, everyone. Nice to see you again, Alejo. <laughs> nice to see you again. So I'm Alejo. And yeah, and I'm Fernanda. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. For the newcomers. Everyone. Yes. Yeah. So we said we were, we were redesigning uh, the podcast according to your feedback. And we're going to have a podcast a month. Uh, it's going to have a podcast every full moon. And basically, we're going to answer your questions or your problems. So you can send us questions like everyday, not everyday question, but like uh, you can send us any question you like, like real questions. Like, I don't know what to do with my job. And this is my chart. Can you help? Or you can just ask a general question like for instance we got a few messages actually asking us what's the difference between the moon the sun and the rising sign mm. so uh the idea is that you're going to shape our podcast that's why it's full moon because it's about relationships and bonding so we're going to bond with you in a way in this way you just send us what you want us to talk about to deal with and we're going to talk about that and today we chose this idea the moon sun ascendant uh, in, and we're going to start with that. What do you think, Landa? Yeah, no, I think that's great. Full moons are great uh, moments of um, manifesting and achieving clarity as well. So I think it's, it's a great um, opportunity for us to put some information around that time. And, um, and yes, I think that's a very good question um, about the differences between the sun, moon and rising sign. <laughs> because when we start learning astrology and as we progress with our learning, we sometimes stumble, stumble um, across that and we're like, oh, but hold on, like, what's, what will be the difference between them? Like, what does that mean? Like, if I've got a moon in a certain sign and a sun in a different sign as well, how would that play out um, in your life? How would that play out in your psyche? So I think that's a very, um, it's a very good topic for us to get back um and discuss today yeah so um, so yeah so how do you want to do this a little should we start with the with the planet i would say let's start with a few ideas of what the moon is about what the sun is about and what the ascendant is about and then let's go to a few examples what do you think mm. yeah nice yeah i think it's good yeah all right um, so can i start with the moon <laughs> and i give you yeah. the sun yeah. <laughs> so I mean, of course, we can we can trade, we can share ideas, of course. Uh, so to me, this is how I understand the moon. So and I can remember I come from Argentina where there's a lot of psychoanalysis. So this has probably influenced my approach to astrology. But basically, the moon is like the basic needs that as a baby we had. So it's like the basic kind of love we felt when we first came into the world. And this love may have been very healthy or may have been a bit toxic. We don't know yet. We're going to discover that as we work through the charts. But it's like the basic, our basic need to survive. So the moon will represent what makes us feel safe because it was we first, when we first came into the world, it was the way that we were embraced into the world. And it was what was given to us for, to, to nurture us. So to me, the moon represents exactly that. What gives us a sense of safety and protection what gives us a sense of being nurtured. And that then is going to become how we nurture others because that's 
how we first felt love. And this means that when we are in a critical situation, we were in a difficult situation, we, re we react probably unconsciously from our moon. So sometimes you read that it, it, the moon rules are unconscious behaviors or a compulsive behavior. And I think it has to do with this idea. When we feel threatened, we go back to our childhood, what made us feel safe, right? And we will react from there. The problem is that as adults, sometimes that may not be the most um, effective answer right now. Uh, sometimes it might, I mean, we need to see, I mean, I think we need to respect the moon. We need to respect this basic need. Uh, but it's true that maybe sometimes it's not the best reaction. Like if your 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 the way of feeling safe is for you to just gather information, then um, sometimes maybe there are some processes you're going through which are not about gathering information. It's about having experiences, right? And if you're trying to rationalize what's going on, then that might not be helpful to go through the process, right? So it's important to be aware that, okay, this is my instinct. This is how I feel protected. When I feel threatened, I start analyzing information, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this also makes the moon a great gift. So because if you were born, if this was the, the milk you were given to, and I'm saying milk in a metaphorical way, like the way you were fed is to, the way you were nurtured is by being given a lot of information and being taught a lot of things. Then when you grow up, you become an expert in gathering information, in learning, and so it's also a gift. So I think the moon has this dual quality of being a great gift because it's a basic need. So we have developed that from very, very young, but also it has the dangers of making us go back into sometimes childish behavior. And I want to say childish, I don't mean it in a judgmental way. I mean it in a way that it was the behavior we had as a kid. And sometimes this may be great, a great answer to what's happening, but sometimes it may be triggered unconsciously and it may not be the most effective answer. So this is my approach. What do you think, Fernanda? Yeah, no, I think you touched some uh, very important um, things that I also associate with the moon. Um, I find that the moon carries the secret to our well-being when it comes to unwinding. So when you had mm. a very stressful day, when you're feeling overly stressed or overwhelmed or you know life is speeding up too much unless you have a moon in Aries but if life is speeding <laughs> too much for you um going back to your moon is a great way to reconnecting as well and to um finding a way to relax to unwind I like to think about the moon as like when you go back home and you put those old slippers and the you know you put your hair up and all the things that you don't do in public that's your moon is a kind of a more private part of yourself as well um mm. it has to do with relaxation as well um so i always like to to think about you know how can we empower ourselves using our moons in that way it's really through knowing how to look after ourselves how to really um so as you're touching on the ways of responding to a situation in a less effective way in a sometimes in a regressive you know we sort of regress into a childhood you know pattern or into a childish behavior that's not appropriate to our age um 
there is also there the key on how to be your own inner parent. So that inner child that's feeling left alone, yeah. that's feeling that's screaming and that's you know throwing a tantrum is also the key to how to do the inner parenting. It gives you the style of how to do that to yourself. So so the moon is is quite fundamental um, in connection to your sense of well-being. Um, I like the um, when I went to the London School of Astrology, like Frank Clifford used to put it very simply, like the moon is what we're carrying with us. So if you think about, um, so we're going to talk about the sun ascendant and the moon tonight. So if you think about the moon as our baggage and what we carry with us, the sun as our destination and the ascendant as our vehicle. So what we choose to get there. Um, I've always mm -hmm. found this definition like very useful. And I use them as well when I'm when I'm teaching my classes because it's a great way to start seeing the difference between the three. So, so the moon has to do with our past, with our mothers, with the inner mothers, with mothering, with nurturing, etc. Being receptive, and if we think about the sun as our destination, then the sun has something to do with our hero's journey, with what we choose to become, with with a sense of vocation as well. I think almost. So we can also think about yeah. the sun in relation to, I think we can also think about the sun in relation to well-being as well and to nurturing, but it's more like nurturing your sense of vocation, your sense of why you're meant to mm. be. Is this like who you need to be in the world? What did you come here to do? Um, you know, when you feel joy when you're doing something and you feel really alive. So rather than being mm -hmm. relaxed, unwinding, that would be the moon, is about feeling alive. It's like there's a mm -hmm. fire that gets lit inside you and you're really in the flow doing something. That's usually connected with your sun. Um, the sun mm -hmm. is a point very important in Western astrology. Um, the sun is a very important point for us to get into so some people come to me and say oh i'm an aries but i have nothing to do with aries well perhaps you you would like to you know begin i mean without wanting to sound patronizing or anything but um but the more we develop the characteristics connected to our sun signs the more we step into this flow of really expressing ourselves creatively in the world actively um Think about the sun as this ball of light that we have, you know, this really hot, warming. There's no life without sun. So we lose our vitality if we're not in touch with our sun signs. So it's also very nourishing to be expressing our sun signs, but in a different way, more in this vital, expressive, creative sense rather than the slowing down winding relaxing that the moon represents um how do you see the sun Ale? do you feel the same how do you feel that plays out for you do you connect with the uh, sun and i agree i agree with, with all of your ideas actually and i think this idea of the hero journey is very clear when you when we talk about the sun uh, in union psychology there are different there are four basic archetypes right and two of them are the maternal archetype and the paternal archetype. I'm not sure if in English you call it exactly that because I've studied this in Spanish, right? But it's like the maternity or maternal mothering archetype and the fathering, I guess, or something like that archetype. Uh, and so the, the maternal one has to do with 
uh, being present and being in touch with your body and with your body needs and with pleasure. So it has a lot to do with this idea of the moon, like unwinding and relaxing and enjoying the moment, right? And then the, the, the other archetype, the father archetype, has more to do with the idea of conquering something, of a quest, of achieving something which I think has a lot to do with the sun, right? So we both have, we all, we all have both archetypes together. The, the, like the problem is when one of them takes over the other, right? So if the, the, the moon takes over the chart, then we will only do what makes us feel safe and comfortable and we'll just stay there. And if the sun takes over the chart, then we will stop paying attention to our needs, to our basic needs in order to become this fantastic image or idea that we have, we could be and we might not we, we might not shine as much it might we might we might end up exhausting exhausted which is sometimes this happens with people who have strong suns in their chart like at the uh, when after many years they start to feel like they their fuel fuel is running out and if you talk to them it's like because they're not paying attention to some other needs yeah it's interesting they burn out um yeah uh, so, so I think it's interesting. I, I think it's interesting this idea of finding a balance, and uh, the idea of the destination. Because, like in popular astrology, we are the sun, right? I'm, I'm Aquarius, I'm a Taurus, I'm a Scorpio, right? But in, when we go deeper into astrology, actually, the sun is what makes us feel alive. But we also have to conquer that. We have to go yeah. and become that, right? It has to do with consciousness, isn't it? It's like developing it consciously. Yes. Is stepping towards that direction consciously. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the ascendant, the rising sign. Mm. So yeah. what I would say, one of the first things to say is the rising sign is a celestial point. It's not a planet. So it mm. doesn't have physical entity. Um, and the rising sign is the point in which the ecliptic crosses the earth, let's say from your, from wherever you are born. So it's like a point where heaven and earth meets in some way, right? Yeah. And I love this idea that something is rising at that point, something is being born. Because what I always say when I have to explain the, uh, the, the rising sign or ascendant is that it's the sign that's being born. So it's how we were born into the world. Mm. And so it might represent what we expect the world to be, because it's our first impression of the world. So it's going to be our approach to life, what we interpret life is about. Yeah. How do yeah. you how do you see it? I definitely see it that way as well. This like the lens that we use to see the environment. Um, mm. I also see the ascendant as the way that we give birth to new phases in mm. our lives. We have this tendency to repeat the way that we were born. So whenever you're going, you know, it's like I have a Scorpio rising and every time that there is a new phase of my life coming about is in a kind of a all or nothing crisis type, you know, this, like urgency, this like real sort of Scorpionic um, style that takes place. And, and I feel that this has something to do with birth and, and the style that the Ascendant represents. And I remember... I mean, a lot of people have heard of this, and I'm sure you probably have heard of this as well as this like urban myth that 
after 30 or something you become your ascendant or you you know there's this like mm-hmm. you're no your ascendant anymore or whatever and i remember i was having a chat with um kim farley about this um she taught at the lsa as well and i was studying there a few years ago and i remember having a chat with her at one of her classes and it was really interesting and i never forgot what she said which i think it really resonates with me you don't become your ascendant after a certain age or anything but what happens is that after a certain age you step into your ascendant more comfortably you start expressing your ascendant more comfortably it's almost like you have to own your ascendant in order to get to your son in order to express your son you really get into your ascendant and feel comfortable about it and i really feel that in my case i feel it really resonates it's really true like after my first saturn return i really stepped into my ascendant in a different way like uh, and really started owning certain characteristics and and that has helped in the process of developing more my son as well rather than seeing myself as a scorpio you know i'm not a scorpio son it's just a kind of a style and a way to get there um but i love as well this idea of the ascendant and the angles in general and you guys can see in our episode don't know what number but one of our episodes there about mm-hmm. the angles in the chart and um and and the ascendant as the other three angles are places of meeting and the ascendant in particular is a place where we meet others um and from our own perspective from our own sense of self from our own bodies so it really has a lot to do with relationships as well, one-to-one relationships and how we meet and greet people. So I love to tell my students as well that usually we step into our ascendance when we get into a party. So get into a party scenario, you don't know anyone, you straight into your ascendant and you're gonna behave like your ascendant. Yeah. Sort of like get to see people, get to know people, shake hands with people. The way that you shake hands with new people is your ascendant when you say hey i'm this person that's your ascendant so it's a kind of a style to meet the world to meet other people to create new structures in your life as well is your ascendant it sort of holds that key and it's not a fake sign it's not you know it's nothing to do with that it's a style it has to do with how you meet the world and the more comfortable you get with that the more you can step into the other's as well the sun and the moon and 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 balance you know the 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 ecosystem that you have represented in your chart so yeah great i i used to say a lot that it's how you enter a room i like this idea of a party when you enter a room what is the first people people see of you you know some people go into a room very quietly and they sit in the back some people yeah. go into the room and it's like, oh, hello, am I late? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was here. And it's like, everybody's looking at them. I don't care. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm here. Look at me, look at me. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah like exactly. How you enter a room. Yes, some people enter a room. They're like, oh, are you okay? How are you feeling? Are you well? It's like, they ask you how you are like. Yeah. Uh, so I think it Definitely. expresses a lot. Yeah. The colors that the person is wearing, the, the body language is very much connected yeah. to the ascendant as well. A lot of your ascendant will carry your style, your better body language, the way you walk. Are you one of those people that walk and step really like bah, bah, bah on the floor? Like, mm-hmm. or are you one of those that walk almost like without touching, you know, the heels don't touch the floor, yeah. like very airy kind of style. So I think that's yeah. also a little bit contained in there. Um, yeah and i think 
I also agree with this idea that, I mean, I do think that the ascendant is a bit unconscious at first. It's like what we were saying, we meet it, we, we, we are given to birth, we're given birth and we come into life. And this is the energy that's rising, right? So we, we meet it in life. And at first, I think we don't realize that it's us. Like, I, I love this idea of stepping into the ascendant. Of course, you don't, it's not like you become the ascendant and the rest it's forgetting. It's forgetting, mm. you, you are your whole chart all the time, right? But yeah. there is this idea, I think there is this idea of developing the ascendant. Like at first, it's what life seems to be. Life seems to be about that. But then after a while, you start realizing that this is not what life is. This is my life. This is what my life is about. Not everybody's life is about this. So I think we become, we become more aware and we kind of, yeah, step into it more consciously. I agree with you. Thank yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, don't forget as well that your, your astrology chart, like I've been loving to use this analogy as well with my clients. It's like, it's like a forest. When you look at your astrology chart, however advanced you are to understand the symbols that you're looking at, well, that's really representing as almost like a forest. There's no like, this is the best, it's the worst, it shouldn't, oh, I hate this part or I hate that part. I mean, every single being has its role and is important because if we're not expressing parts of ourselves, we're like tipping the balance. Um, and so we start splitting. And well, that's a long conversation. But anyhow, think about it as a forest. I love to think about it as a forest because I love forests. And um, I love to think about nature in that a perspective of balance and every being has its right to exist so yeah. same with your turn. same with your turn um cool so should we think about some some differences in practice as in like sun, okay yes planets in the yeah. same sign like planets sun like sun what's the difference with sun moon and ascendant in virgo well all right let's start with virgo yeah. Okay, should we start with the moon, the sun or the ascendant? Well, let's let's start with the moon. We've got a moon right in front of us. Right okay. Now, right? Ah, okay, so, yeah. Here we have the chart. We're looking at the chart. People are listening to this, but we're looking at the chart actually, which is the chart of Gordon Ramsay, right? Gordon Ramsay, the chef, celebrity chef from the UK. Um was known for like swearing a lot. <laughs> and uh, if you yeah. want to if you want to cast his chart, it's the 8th of November, 1966, at 6.05 p.m. in Johnstone, Scotland. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Gordon Ramsay has a moon at 23 degrees Virgo. Now, again, like, it's really difficult to isolate the whole chart. As we look at the chart right now, we're seeing loads of different things. But we're going to concentrate on that moon <laughs> in Virgo. We're very disciplined. And <laughs> we decided that <laughs> And, um, and uh, I mean, I think that Venus in Virgo, he does have other planets in Virgo as well. But I think that Venus in Virgo in Gordon Ramsay's case does come up as his massive eye for detail, right? He's very, yes. very much precise on what is done and how it's done. And if you have watched any of his shows, he sees from a mile of distance that someone is doing something that's not precise and it's not. It's like if someone is doing something slacky and not really paying attention, not really giving their best and not really being um, perfectionist, he gets very wind up. Um, 
He really yeah. gets wound up about that. So I think that Virgo, you know, he loves when his participants are really have a keen like eye to detail. And I think that's such a a, a Virgoan trait. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like when we have the moon, we need to ask ourselves, okay, where is this person feel secured? Where does he feel like he's loved, right? Like this kid, what did this, when did this kid feel loved? Yeah. And probably moon in Virgo, he felt loved when he was doing the right thing, when he was not giving problems, when he was adapting to the environment, he was perfect, when there was nothing to criticize, like when he paid attention to every single detail and he adjusted yeah. to his environment in a way that everything would work and would flow and it wouldn't be a problem, right? Um, yeah, and like, I think moon's, moon in Virgo as well, like the moon is about what you need in order to feel good, in order to feel nourished. And exactly. It needs to feel useful, it needs to feel useful as well. It's very hardworking. I mean, I'm really impressed in the amount of projects that he has one after another. And I think I was talking to my partner, like, when does he spend time with his family? Like, when does he? Like, this is insane. Like, the amount of things that he does. Like, he's got, I don't know how many restaurants. And he does all of these different TV shows. And he travels around cooking as well and blah, blah, blah. And it's just really crazy. And I think there is an element of the Virgo there feeling nourished by being useful, by doing yeah. something by working hard which i also you know i mean obviously not everyone that's got Munifer will be a gordon ramsay style of being busy but nevertheless there is that sense of being productive and and, and being useful that the moon in yeah loves it i mean so yeah. sometimes this the moon in Virgo, the idea of being useful for the moon in Virgo, i think it expresses itself in being in not paying attention to what their own needs are. Sometimes I think they overadapt to their environment in order to be useful. So, it, so uh, like you were saying, it's not always going to be expressed in the way Gordon Ramsay is expressing it because there are other things in his chart, right? Yeah. For instance, he's assigned Scorpio, so it's not going to be. <laughs> so there's a huge, and, and he's a Mars Pluto conjunction. Well, well, there are many things, right? So there's an intensity in this chart that yeah. will probably cast this usefulness, will make it channelized in certain ways, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It brings a lot of passion there as well and um, yeah. the temper as well. But um, but yes, definitely. I mean, that moon in Virgo needs a bit of order in order to feel mm -hmm. safe. Um, yeah, exactly. Safe, you know, avoiding chaos. I love it, so Liz Green, I think, barriers and boundaries. And she says, why Virgos are so organized and um, they have such an eye for detail as well. It's, it's a defense mechanism against chaos. And, Completely, and yeah, yeah. That's really great. Yeah, that's a really great way of putting it. And I think the moon in Virgo really needs that because it's the unconscious response. And the unconscious Exactly. Response. So, yeah. Exactly. Where is our um, great? Yeah, so we go to the sun in Virgo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So for sun in Virgo, we have Michael Jackson, the great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when with all the disclaimers, because there's so many scandals that you know all of the celebrities are involved with, we don't condone any of the behaviors, even though we're choosing these charts, just so you all know. Um, but yes, Michael Jackson was born on 29th of August, 1958 at 7.33 p.m. in Gary, 
Indiana, USA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Michael Jackson had the sun in Virgo. So sun is six degrees Virgo. Now his destination had a Virgoan characteristic there. So he was born to be a Virgo, to serve in some way. And then again, like obviously we're not only a piece of our charts and we're, you know, separating this, we isolating planets from people's charts here for the purpose of seeing what the difference of one from the other is. You know, obviously Michael mm -hmm. Jackson wasn't in a, in a position of service only. He was an entertainer and he did have a few planets in Leo there as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, um, he was like, sorry. Mm, no, go on, go on, say what you're. I mean, his way to shine, which is the sun, why, why did he shine in what he did? Because of his technique, because of his skills, right? Yeah. Which is a real thing. Like he was, he developed this way of dancing and he worked many hard hours and he he was trying to to become the perfect dancer and also yeah. like you know he had all of these operations in his body because he wanted to be the, he wanted to have the perfect body what he considered to be the perfect body which we might agree or not but what he what he considered to be the perfect body yeah. so he had this idea of the way that i'm going to be myself the way that i'm going to be able to to share my light with the world is through this perfect achievements through dancing, singing, and having the perfect body. Mm. And yeah. I don't know, yeah, I think it, it... practicing and yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, I remember in the documentary when he was talking about how he developed the moonwalk, I think it's called. Right. And then how he developed this idea, like he wanted to, you know, like this dance that he does, that it looks like he's going to fall and he doesn't fall. Uh, mm -hmm. He had to be very skilled, he had to be very precise on how to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was something he enjoyed because he found he was alive when doing that. So yeah. this is maybe the difference between the moon and the sun, right? With the moon is more unconscious, like Ramsey sees details and he works in a detailed manner and uh, he, he approaches the world in a very critical way and in an orderly manner. And he's doing that because otherwise, like you were saying, he's fighting against chaos. Otherwise, he feels like the world is going to collapse, right? So it's a very... Yeah instinctive maybe unconscious you know i think ramsey was criticized like uh like i think he there was this culinary critique at his restaurant who said something like they would give him more stars but they can't because he's not a nice person so he's a great chef but as a person he and he will he you know he went crazy because for him the moon in virgo it doesn't matter. Uh, what do you mean? I'm not right. Uh, is 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 my work good enough or not? I mean, isn't my work perfect? That's why I'm expecting to be valued for, right? So it's like it was yeah. very bursting from the inside because it was attacking a very sensitive part of himself, which is the perfectionist moon in Virgo, right? Yeah. Instead, with the sun in Virgo, I would say there's this quest for detail yeah. for perfection but it's more enjoyable it's what makes me feel alive it's not something i'm not fighting demons it's what makes me feel who i am mm. yeah 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 there is this sense of whereas like with ramsey it was an asset that's part of what he does with you know the sun in virgo there is like consciously kind of developed in there like I mean, mm. we don't know these people personally, but 
you know, yeah. really these um, examples to illustrate what the difference would be. I mean, I love, I know it's got nothing to do with the bird and the sun, but I love that he created the moonwalker and his moon rising. I mean, I mean, but I think it's an important point you're making because, of course, we're trying to isolate one factor from a person, yeah. and there are many things going on. So he's yeah, the sun in Virgo. Just you're talking about this moonwalk, and I'm talking. I'm seeing this Pluto conjunct the sun in Virgo. Of course, yeah. his way of being perfect was to transform himself constantly. That was his way of yeah, and he abused father as well. I mean, he mm. trained a lot and he practiced a lot because he was abused basically as a child to do all of mm. that and to work really hard because he had a lot of talent as well. Like I don't know a yeah. lot of you know about his life in detail, but but I know that there was an element of that too. So it wasn't just an enjoyment of the sun in Virgo, you know, practicing. But um, we're trying to illustrate a kind of a general aspect, you know, of something. So rather than look into the charts with a lot of depth, we're just trying to bring exactly. an idea. Yeah. So the ascendant in Virgo. So for ascendant in Virgo, we have Joseph Pilates. Right. So he was born on the 9th of December, 1883, 12.30 a.m. in Gladbach, or something like that, in German. Yeah. And so he's Virgo rising, and he has the moon in Aries, and the sun in Sagittarius. But we're going to talk about Virgo rising. So with Virgo rising, we said the way we approach the world, what we meet when we come into the world, is Virgo. This energy yeah. of service and detail and caution yeah. right and, and practicality and being practical and yeah. actually pilates you know he was born he had a lot of um physical uh difficulties like he had a lot of uh, problems with his body he was born in a in a in, in a world of uh, he was born in a circus he was he was he was part of a circus but he couldn't he he had a lot of physical problems so he had this, so his approach to life had to be about paying attention to details, being, being very precise, being very specific, being very careful of his own body. Mm. And, you know, this is, he had to learn that. He had to learn to take care of himself. You know, something that came out of himself. And it's not like this is what made him shine. It's something that he felt imposed onto him to take care mm. of his body to pay attention to the details, to be practical, to be efficient, because he couldn't do, there are many things he couldn't do, so he had to be efficient. And mm. I think, as you were saying, as he stepped into his Virgo rising, this became his destiny, right? So he developed a way, which is like working with your body in a very detailed, I don't know if you've ever done Pilates, is very specific, it's very detailed, the movements you have to do, the breathing you have to do, and it's all about well trying being. to make your, your body work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And the well-being, which I really resonate, I think, uh, really resonates with Virgos. Virgos have a very strong connection with health, being a hypochondriac as well, which is like exactly. yes. But um, But very interesting. So it's like the style of how he came into the world and, and that generated this need to create something that you know yes. became, um and it generates well-being for people as well um 
Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting, isn't it? Like, but you know, yeah, again, yeah. Like, yeah, just trying to illustrate, like, in a very basic way for all of you, um, what the differences would be. But obviously, we see these charts. We look at the whole chart, see <laughs> the picture in front of us, and we're like, Ooh. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, there, yeah, yeah. But to kind of wrap it up with Virgo, so we had the Moon in Virgo, mm -hmm. which was Ramsey, and it was like. I unconsciously need order in the world. So I impose this order into the world in order to feel safe. The yeah. sun in Virgo is like, I feel alive when I'm working in details and I, and I expressing this ability to, to, to perform in a skillful way, to do skillful things, to be very precise, very detailed, and to provide a service through that. And with the Virgo rising, I meet that energy outside. So because of the circumstances, I'm drawn to develop this, care for myself, this attention to myself, this attention to service, this attention to, to being practical and efficient and having to pay attention to small details, right? Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, really good um, explanation there with the Virgo. <laughs> I am. Great. All right. So this was the idea for you to be able to experience Moon, Sun, Ascendant. When is going to be the next podcast? The next podcast is on the next full moon next full moon so full moon intentions there everyone um it will be a full moon in the 13th of july 13th of july full moon in capricorn and um and we decided to talk about the astrology of love yeah we decided to do that uh because of some aspects that we saw that are going to be played out we're going to talk about it in the next uh episode yeah. but of course you have a month so in the meantime if you want to send us your questions or your ideas please do so especially yeah. if they're about love or relationships yes that'll be the perfect day um venus are doing some interesting aspects during that full moon that's why we chose to talk about love yeah if you like our podcast the best thing you can do to help us is just to spread the word so tell everyone about it so they can listen to it I like yeah. it on Spotify or Anchor FM, whatever, wherever you listen to it. And Fernando, do you have any events upcoming for coming next? I do. I have a talk I'm going to be giving about relationships, um, which is Perfect. going to be on the 30th June. So it's going to be about synastry, compatibility, astrology in general. And uh, it's going to be for the San Francisco Astrological Society. So the website is www.sfastrologicalsociety.com. So check it out if you're interested. What about you, Alejo? Are you doing anything interesting? Yes, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna be giving two talks in July. One is on the seventh of July, which is for Aquarius Severn about astrocartography. Uh -huh. I'm going. And the webpage is AquariusSeverne.com, AquariusSeverne.com, yes. And then, well, on the 16th of July, it's actually after the next podcast, uh, I'm going to be teaching uh, the Astrology of Happiness for Academy of Astrology. The webpage is uh -huh. AcademyofAstrology.org.uk. Yes, so everyone is uh -huh. welcome. Brilliant. Okay, good. Um, okay, All right, if you want to follow us on Instagram. Enjoy, yeah. My Instagram Fernanda, your Instagram? Hitchhiking Stars. Hitchhiking Stars everywhere. If you just type in Hitchhiking Stars, you're going to find me. 
Um, what about you? Great, I love that. So mine is Liminal Cosmos. And you, I'm only on Instagram and Facebook so far, so type it there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we hope this has been enlightening for you all. And please send us questions. We're very mercurial. We love questions. We love questions. All right, That's everyone. It. Thank you so much. <laughs> Happy full moon. <laughs>